Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You've heard me say it before, but it's something worth repeating. It's worth repeating often. Sin does not want to be sin. Sin wants to be righteous. I heard that from a, another pastor on a podcast that I listened to. I heard it, then I pondered it, then I adopted it, and now I apparently repeat it. <laughs> sin does not want to be sin. Sin wants to be righteous. Think about that. Think about your sin. Think about how you broke the, the first commandment. The third. The sixth. The eighth. The tenth. And all the others. If we have already confessed our sins this morning before the divine service. You confess to God your sins and failures, and He spoke to you through His messenger, your pastor, to deliver and proclaim His forgiveness to you. But how many of those sins were you truly sorry for? How many of your sins did you actually name as you went through your confession? How many of those sins do you think grieved the heart of God? And how many sins did you not confess because you have already justified them in your own mind and in your own heart? And I've decided that they really weren't that bad or that they weren't really any sin at all. Now I wonder which list is longer. The sins I confessed or the sins that I justified. Sin does not want to be sin. Sin wants to be righteous. We're very good at admitting our sins and our grievances. Did you listen to the collect as we prayed it earlier? The words are very poignant. O Lord, you granted your prophets strength to resist the temptations of the devil and courage to proclaim repentance. Give us pure hearts and minds to follow your Son faithfully, even into suffering and death. This prayer has two parts, or at least two sentences that we can break into parts. O Lord, you granted your prophets strength to resist the temptations of the devil, and courage to proclaim repentance. That's the first part. O Lord, you granted your prophets strength to resist the temptations of the devil and courage to proclaim repentance. 
Amos was a prophet from out of town. Actually, he, he was from another country. He was from Judah, the southern kingdom, but he was preaching in Israel, the northern kingdom. Also, he really didn't desire to be a prophet. It wasn't his life's ambition. He was a herdsman and an arborist of sorts. He took care of fig trees. But when God called him, he answered. And the message that he brought to that northern kingdom, to Israel, was one that they did not want to hear. God showed Amos a, a plumb line, a, a builder's tool, used to make sure that walls are built straight. A leaning wall is, is no good. It is not structurally sound and will throw off the rest of the building. So a plumb line, as simple as it is, a piece of string with a, a weight on the bottom, was a very valuable, useful, and important tool. God said that he is setting a, a plumb line to measure his people. He wasn't going to let them lean any longer. Their sin was throwing things off. They needed to be, well, they just needed to straighten up. He even says that he was going to go after the house of Jeroboam, the king of Israel. When the local priest, Amaziah, hears of this, he immediately tattles to the king. He sent word that Amos was conspiring against the king. Then Amaziah turns on Amos and basically tells the prophet, go home. He wants Amos to go back to Judah and to never come to Israel and prophesy again. Sin doesn't want to be sin. Sin wants to be righteous. Sin does not want to be exposed for what it truly is. It wants to stay hidden. Sin loves the dark. So shut up, Amos. Do not tell me what my, where my wickedness lies. Do not speak to me of my naughty little habits. Do not try to expose my greed, my lust, my addiction, my precious little idols. Just go away and be silent. Herod was a lot like Amaziah. In our Gospel reading, Herod had taken the most well-known prophet of his day, John the Baptizer, Jesus' cousin, and had thrown him into jail. Why? Because John had exposed Herod's sin. Herod had taken his brother Philip's wife, Herodias, as his own wife. Herod had divorced his first wife in order to marry Herodias, and Herodias had divorced her husband Philip in order to marry Herod. Two divorces, two wrongs do not make a right. And as a side note, both of those men, Philip and Herod, were her uncles. John exposes all of this. He condemns them for all of this. And John was put in prison for this, and ultimately is beheaded for this. Why? 
Sin doesn't want to be sin. Sin wants to be righteous. Shut up, John, and leave us alone. We are in love. We aren't hurting anyone. Mind your own business. Love is love. I've actually confronted a couple who were living together outside of marriage. I had disallowed them to receive the Lord's Supper until the matter was resolved. Separate or get married. I was told that they and God had an understanding and that I should just butt out and that they were no longer going to be a church. It was hard. It wasn't fun. But sin doesn't want to be sin. Sin wants to be righteous. Thankfully, as prayed for and as designed, they did return to church. O Lord, we prayed this morning. You granted your prophets strength to resist the temptations of the devil and courage to proclaim repentance. That prayer has a second part. Give us pure hearts and minds to follow your Son faithfully, even into suffering and death. Give us pure hearts and minds to follow your Son faithfully, even into suffering and death. Is that your prayer? I'm going to assume and suppose that it is because you said amen when we prayed it earlier. I assume you were listening and you meant it. But just in case you missed it or didn't have time to contemplate it before placing your endorsement on it with your amen, let's talk about it a bit. Give us pure hearts and minds. Do you have a pure heart and mind? Seriously, do you? If you said yes, even on the inside, then let me remind you, sin does not want to be sin. Sin wants to be righteous. If you think you have a pure heart and mind, then you have deceived yourself and the truth is not in you. If you already had a pure heart and mind, then why did you pray to receive one? Right? So no, you don't. You do not have a pure heart and you do not have a pure mind. You have a heart that, as Jeremiah says, is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Your heart doesn't want to hear the case against it. <laughs> you want the truth? You can't handle the truth! That's a quote from a movie, sorry. What we want is for our failures, our wickedness, our haughtiness, our law-breaking, our sins to be left alone. We keep them in the closet. Shh! The dust under the rug is hidden and no one sees it. Just don't pull back the rug. Don't open the closet door. Don't expose the grotesqueness of the sin-sick and hardened heart. No, we don't have anything in us that is pure. Not our hearts, not our minds, not... Wait a minute. 
we do have something pure in us. But it wasn't there when we were born. No, it is something that has been implanted there. And no, it's not a pacemaker or the fake knee or the new hip, the stent or any of that. No, it's a gift from Christ himself. St. Paul has comforted us this morning by telling us, in Christ Jesus, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with a promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Through the word of God, through the waters of holy baptism, through the words of absolution, you have received a pure heart and a pure mind. Not that it doesn't have evil, wicked, or perverse thoughts, but because the Holy Spirit lives within you, leads you, guides you, convicts you, encourages you, counsels you, because of that you cling to Jesus. And Jesus took all of those sinful things to the cross. Sacrificed Himself to make sure that before your God, your heart and your mind, your spirit and your soul, your body and your strength are pure. And as you come to His table to receive that sacrifice, His body broken for you, His blood spilt for you, it again purifies you so that you may follow God's Son faithfully, even into suffering and death. Sin doesn't want to be sin. It wants to be righteous. Unfortunately, sin can never be righteous. Ever. But you, the sinner, can be And because of Christ, you are. Amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.